Hello, hello. Welcome to the Well Wishes podcast, a supportive space and community where we explore what being healthy and well means to us. Join us, Molly Cutler and Brielle Collins for a dive into practical tools and mindset shifts to help you step into your highest vibe self through heart-to-heart conversations and inspiring guest interviews. From trending topics in wellness and nutrition and dating and relationships to deep inner work and self-development, we're here for all of it. And if there's one thing we want you to walk away with from this podcast, it's knowing that you're not alone. So come along with us for real talk about life's beautiful and challenging parts and for some absurd moments that we (laughs) promise will make you laugh. We can't wait to have you along for the conversation and let's go. Yala. Hello, hello. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Well Wishes podcast. I'm Brielle Collins. And this is Molly Cutler. And we're so excited to be here again. Mall, we have a great episode. We do. Today, we are talking about something really near and dear mm-hmm. and important to our hearts in both of our lives and hopefully in your worlds as well. We are going to be redefining the way we think about physical activity, shifting from exercise to movement. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean? Wow. Lots to say here. Lots to say. Yes. Mal, do you want to share maybe though, like, like usual, these conversations and what we're bringing to the podcast is very much from, you know, our conversations and dialogues and coffee dates and then we actually do prep and develop but do you want to share maybe like how we got to this episode yes um this topic comes up a lot in my coaching practice Mm -hmm. um and is a big part of my own story and my own relationship to physical activity and essentially why we want to talk about this is because so much of the way that we think about physical activity is centered around weight, Mm -hmm. centered around how much we weigh, around losing weight, around the way we look, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this focus on fitness, on sculpting, on toning. Mm -hmm. And while there isn't necessarily anything inherently wrong if certain people you know, want to focus on that in their physical activity pursuits. Mm -hmm. But what I think is really problematic is people getting lost in this idea that that is all it's for. Mm -hmm. And, And also just the fact that when that is the focus, I know from my own experience with clients, also from research, that it tends to be less sustainable for people. Mm-hmm. To actually incorporate physical activity on a regular, consistent basis in a way that feels easy and organic when the focus is on external looks-oriented things. Mm-hmm. And so we really wanted to have a conversation today about how do we shift that perspective? What are the things that we can think about in terms of physical activity that can really get us to 
approach it differently? Mm-hmm. How can we make it part of our lives in a way that feels easy and sustainable and joyful? Why is it that there are those people who it just seems like it comes so naturally to them, mm-hmm. but not to others? Mm-hmm. And everyone deserves no matter what body you're in, everyone deserves to be able to move their bodies from a place of confidence and and ease and joy. Mm-hmm. And so that's really what we're what we're bringing to the podcast today. I'm psyched because I have a lot to say. I am certainly not one of those people who I know it could be surprising because I'm a yoga teacher and I'm quite active. But I am not one of those people who, you know, can go to the gym or do these boot camps or I don't even know half the half the things that are trending. There's all sorts of boot stuff with straps. There's a lot of boots. There's a lot of boots. And but, I, you know, I, I movement is such a huge part, obviously, of my life. And so I think it's this conversation super interesting to bring onto the podcast because there's so many complicated relationships with exercise or physical activity. And um, I, I don't even know where to begin, Mal, in terms of, you know, w- w- when you're working with clients, like, do you like you said people are sort of some are just naturally more physically active but do you find when you're working with people that a lot of this starts back in childhood or you know where do you find a a pattern Mm -hmm. with the struggle I guess around exercise or the complexity people have the complex dynamic with exercise Mm -hmm. so I think something that I see a lot in my coaching practice is this connection between starting up a new diet or meal plan and starting up a new exercise regimen at Mm -hmm. the same time. Mm -hmm. And I want to ask the audience here to just pause for a second after I ask this question. How many times in your life Have you started a new workout routine or diet, new way of eating at the exact same time? And how long were you able to sustain both? And I'm asking that question because it may make you start realizing and thinking, wow, yeah, why is it that every time I... Mm -hmm start a new exercise regimen. It's also when I'm starting a new lifestyle, Mm -hmm. a new way of eating. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is that this, these two tend to go hand in hand and it is very, very problematic because we know that diets are not sustainable and we know that crash uh, exercise isn't sustainable either. And so I think what we get when we match these two things together, when they're always going together, is which is how most of us grew up. Mm-hmm. You know, it tends and to And I be, bet also culturally this is really influencing us. Totally, especially in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Very American thing, mm-hmm. this pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely less 
less of a trend in European countries mm. and, and other countries where uh, movement is more integrated mm. in their lives. Mm. They walk more. They go wa- go to parks. Mm. They spend more time outside. And for Americans, a lot of people are more sedentary mm-hmm. and tend to view exercise as this, you know, it needs to be this intense burst, mm. you know. And so anyway, so what I was saying, though, is that these two things tend to go hand in hand and neither one are sustainable. Mm-hmm. And so what you end up with is viewing both from these extreme lenses that mm-hmm. are not fun, that are torturous, mm-hmm. that are not enjoyable and that are hard to keep up. Mm-hmm. And that's why we mentioned at the at the very beginning here of this episode that we're, we want to shift the perspective of physical activity from one of exercise mm-hmm. to one of movement. Mm-hmm. Not that you don't have dedicated exercise in your life, that that's not a wonderful thing, but movement is a much more integrated approach to physical activity, meaning that we look at all the ways in our lives that we move. Mm-hmm whether that is a yoga class, Mm -hmm. a HIIT class, or it's you walking your dog or cooking or, you know, like we don't... Gardening. Gardening, painting. Mm -hmm. We don't think about all the ways in which we actually get movement in our lives and how they are important. Mm -hmm. And research shows that all of these minutes, all of these activities that we would never think of as physical activity... Mm -hmm is really beneficial to us. And if we can start to approach and, and see see it through that lens, we can think about it in a much different kind of way. Right, it, it feels like we're looking at, I guess the way I interpret exercise versus movement is, and not necessarily all types of exercise, but a lot of it is very goal-driven. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and movement to me is a lot more sort of organic, holistic. Obviously for me, I cannot, I'm not one of those people who can like even push through a class like that. So when I'm doing movement, it always has to come back to the idea of like, is this a joyful experience? Is this an experience of, you know, where I'm meeting my body in a different way, not in a different way like, um, am I going to get like toned and get like a six pack? But am I meeting my body in a different way? Like, you know, I went through this phase one summer where I was like doing Cupperware. I really was not good, but I was like, wow, I'm like moving my body and like feeling muscles and, you know, learning to, you know, there's a lot of coordination and flow in that, that I was not great from the beginning at, but like when I'm looking at movement, that's what I'm looking at. It's more, exploratory joyful it's a form of expression and not all exercise is is rigid but a lot of it to me especially like you're saying where where we've grown up in in the states is so uh goal oriented Mm -hmm. and uh it feels very external absolutely absolutely i mean i love what you said about exploratory Mm-hmm. That's such a great word to apply to Thanks, to movement. You know what I mean? Like how often do we think like what new thing can I learn about myself or learn about my body or my capabilities or how I feel or a new muscle mm-hmm. when you 
go into, you know, some sort of physical activity. Right. I mean, for me, it always not just movement, but most of what I do in life is about either learning or curiosity. And I mean, obviously, we know at some point we're going to I'm going to talk about yoga in this podcast. I don't know when we'll see how it flows. But, you know, for me, this this realm of exercise and like hitting it and and going to your, you know, getting in your reps and all this stuff like I just bottom line it really doesn't sound fun. Like I just can't do things at this point in my life that don't bring me, and not to say exercise doesn't bring value, because it does, you're moving and you are being healthy and people are exercising through running or through sports teams. Like it's not like I'm against exercise. Like to be honest, some types of yoga is exercise. But I'm just at this point in my life where it's like everything I do, I hope, I try, that it brings like joy and value, but I also like to have intention behind it. And people can say, they can listen to this and be like, well, my intention is to get thin, Brielle, or to get strong. And I can can totally back up like getting strong. But when you're working with people, Mal, like, how do you, because it is so ingrained in us, like, from the magazines, from Instagram, from who's defined as beautiful in the American pop world, pop world, I sound like an 80-year-old, you know, American culture is always, like, thin and toned. And so how do you work with people to help make a shift like this? Because that's basically all that we've been exposed to is this look and it is a very external message mm-hmm. well you know one of the first things that i think is most important for people to do when trying to improve their relationship to physical activity and to move away from this sort of exercise for the sake of mm-hmm looks Mm -hmm. and sculpting and fitness and all these things is first to understand what their barriers to movement are. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. Looking into your past Mm -hmm. and maybe your present too, but looking into your past and asking yourself, what were the things that made movement really unenjoyable for me? Was it that I was forced to run laps to lose weight as Mm -hmm. a kid? Was it that I was picked last in PE class? Mm. Was I considered clumsy? Mm. Um, Did exercise make me feel bad physically in the past or maybe now? You know, actually Mm -hmm. physically, like feel not well Mm. from doing exercise, maybe because it was too intense. Mm -hmm. Maybe it wasn't the right type of exercise Mm -hmm. for you, that kind of thing. Are you rebelling against someone who you know, forced or obnoxiously encouraged you to exercise in your past, Mm -hmm. a parent, a Mm -hmm. spouse, a sibling, Mm -hmm. a a coach, even totally a coach. Were you on an athletic team Mm -hmm. and pushed to your limits to a point of complete, you know, almost torture? I was. You were? Yeah. I was in field hockey. You did field hockey? It wasn't like you had to do it at my school. Uh, you had to do a sport. But I'm just thinking about the teacher. She was like psycho. You're like bringing it back for me, Mal. 
are we having like a therapy session in the podcast? But she miyaging you. She did I use that correctly? She was literally training to hike Mount Everest. So she would like train us with backpack with a backpack on her with bricks. She was bonkers. And yeah, you're right. Like she there were things that were great about being on a team. I'm thank you for taking the time on the podcast to have a therapy session with me, Mal. But it's our podcast. Right? Feel free to share. But yeah, like there was things that are were so joyful about it, and she like completely stripped those joyful. She also threw a field hockey stick at our goalie because she like missed goals one one uh, game. That's not very neighborly. No, no, she's anyway. She reminded me of the the principal teacher from that movie Matilda. Oh my god. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> But um, she was terrifying, literally. But yeah, it's interesting what you're saying, because it's like there could be joyful things in exercise and then somebody might be taking those aspects away or emphasizing the more treacherous, like sort of it's very interesting. You're a smart cookie. Will you do a podcast with me? (laughs) I'll think about it. Okay. Well, speaking of trauma, Mm -hmm. you know, that's another thing I know you and I chat about with this is that, you know, some, well, you know what, actually, we're going to go into trauma and and movement a little bit later. Mm -hmm. Um, So excuse me, but I'm going (laughs) to pull it back, Molly, pull it back. (laughs) Hang on the line, guys. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so relationship with exercise goes back to childhood right right and um and like I said you you know some of these barriers may be happening now they're not always Mm -hmm. totally you know just past focused or rooted in the past but I think the most important thing like I said when really trying to transform your relationship and get into a more consistent and easy um situation Groove. groove with movement is to first identify your barriers you know also like were you are you now are you embarrassed to go work out at the gym because of your weight I'm not embarrassed to go to the gym because of my weight I'm embarrassed to go to the gym because I'm like what the f is happening in here (laughs) there's equipment I don't recognize sure I can't do this sure it could be that or or maybe you're embarrassed because you have a disability Mm -hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, and get questioned mm-hmm. whenever you, you know, that certainly happened to me. Mm-hmm. You know, people asking me un- unsolicited questions when I go into a gym. Wow. And, you know, so listen, everyone has their own barriers. So if you can identify those first, that's really helpful. That's mm-hmm. our first line of knowledge and kind of figuring out how to walk forward from there. Okay, so Ma, let's say I'm like listening to the podcast, which I am. I am listening and engaging. And I'm like, okay, but so I know what my barrier is. I don't feel comfortable wearing spandex and going to the gym. I put on a little bit of weight. Then what? What do you suggest to people once they know the barrier? Mm -hmm. So once you know your barrier and you confront it and you know first ask yourself is this still a barrier now okay because Mm -hmm. like I said some of these are rooted in the past Mm -hmm. so ask yourself is this still a barrier now and how valid is this Mm -hmm. 
And I want to, and I actually want to go into, I want to talk about, before I can even talk about like, well, what do I do now? I want us to talk a little bit about some of the really profound benefits Mm -hmm. that people really need to internalize that they get from exercise that are not looks and weight focused please share because these are the things that will motivate a person Mm -hmm. to be able to say okay you know what fine I have this barrier I I do feel kind of embarrassed to walk into a gym however I know that I want to do xyz for my health Mm -hmm. or I know that every time I move I feel so much more confident about myself mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or that I my mental health improves mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when I'm moving consistently and I have to prioritize that so mm-hmm. so first let's go into what some of these benefits are beyond weight loss okay so on a physical level mm-hmm. the benefits of exercise and movement exactly mm-hmm. beyond weight mm-hmm. so physically some of them include Increased bone strength, increased muscle strength, stamina, Mm -hmm. mobility, flexibility, increased HDL, which is your good cholesterol, really important for your heart health in the long term, increased metabolism, increased cardiometabolic health, appetite regulation, Mm -hmm. increased satiety cues. Helping you. What are those words? Satiety cues are the cues in your body that help you to delineate between when you're full and hungry. Okay. Very, very important. Um, They're essentially, it's because of hormones, specific hormones Mm -hmm. that are regulated that have exercise have a huge effect on. Um, Increased mood, increased learning, increased memory, increased. Mm -hmm general cognitive function like yes you've heard all of these okay Mm -hmm. but it is important to really think about all of these physical benefits and which ones are important to you hopefully they all are important to you Mm -hmm. but I know for all of us we all have different ones for me because I suffer from you know muscle weakness Yes, I'm very concerned about my health on a general level. But for me, with movement and exercise, my focus is strength, mobility, functionality. Mm -hmm. Those are the things that motivate me, Mm. right? Those are the things that I need the most. Mm -hmm. For someone else, it might be because they have type 2 diabetes Mm -hmm. or because they're prone to, they know that they're prone to certain diseases in their family and they know that they have to focus on you know, reducing those risk factors and that exercise can really help with that. So everyone's got their stuff. Yeah, I guess mine would be mental health. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel very clear. Like I can tell when I, you know, after yoga or swimming or, you know, even something like Gaga, that I feel like a release, like a, like I've emptied a bit of myself out and there's more space internally. So I guess mine would be mental health and uh, release. I mean, I guess there's other things, but like those are the things that really drive me. Like I think also right now we're living in such a bonkers time. And I mean, that would sort of go back to this, the broaching, you know, trauma and movement. Trauma cannot be solely healed through movement, but movement is such a fundamental part of releasing trauma. And um, 
I think in a way we've talked about this in other podcasts and I think it will probably come up again and again and again because everybody in some way is affected and traumatized from this time period. But for me, movement is very much a way of m- moving through, no pun intended, trauma or releasing, you know, a situation or an experience or even the stress accumulated, you know, in the course of a day or a week mm-hmm. or a year or a lifetime. <laughs> You said it. Uh-huh. You said it, girl. Um, totally. I I love that visual of emptying out mm-hmm. and creating space. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you know, also with trauma, while trauma can't necessarily be entirely healed through movement, it also can't necessarily entirely be healed through talking. Absolutely. Right? Like we store, we know that we store trauma in the mm-hmm. body. Absolutely. And moving through that in different ways mm-hmm. is so important mm-hmm. and profoundly impactful. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so these are some of the things that we want to think about when we think about what are, okay, what, fine, I'm a bit self-conscious about X, mm-hmm. about my body, but but what's more important to me? Yeah. What else can motivate me? Well, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully you have an answer. No pressure. But like, so you've talked about, and a lot of them we know about like the health benefits of movement and exercise. Are there any sort of downsides to like, you know how sometimes people like get really crazy and they get into a phase of like extreme workout stuff and then they like, mm-hmm. you know, they sort of fall off of the wagon which to me would, I mean, I would never even get on the wagon of exercising. So, but are there, is there a downside in terms of like health of, of people or the habit, which we see all the time of people sort of like getting into it, going deep, 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 stopping. And then maybe six months again, being like, okay, I I have to go back in. I, you know, is there, is there a downside to that? Well, yeah. I mean, there's a, it's, there's a ton of downsides to that because that's mostly what we're talking about is that we want to avoid the crash exercise cycle. Okay, so what is, right? is there like so, studies on yeah, so, health so, benefits? Yes, yeah, so the negatives of that are there from different angles. On the one hand, we have the sort of negative, uh, negative body image, negative kind of mental, emotional side of things in doing that, where it's an all or nothing mentality. Yes. Right. Just like with dieting. It's Mm -hmm. just like with dieting. Mm -hmm. It's the same. It's, you know, it's this, I either have to be sweating and torturing myself and practically bleeding Mm -hmm. (laughs) in order for this to be effective, or I'm going to, you know, not do anything. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's, you know, that is so negative. Why? Because one, then the you know people aren't getting the positive effects mm-hmm. of moving in the you know hundreds of ways that there are to move that work for people in different ways that are more gentle that still have an effect. And then on the other hand, put themselves through tremendous stress, you know, like doing these crash exercise regimens Mm -hmm. can be extremely stressful on the body depending on the person Mm -hmm. you know it can raise cortisol levels it can 
uh, be really traumatic for the muscles. People can end up with injuries. People can, um, you know, put too much pressure on their heart. Mm -hmm. People can put themselves at risk for a cardiac event in mm -hmm. like a really, you know, when they're doing really intense regimens and then stopping and starting and stopping. They're not really trained for that. Their, you know, their body isn't really prepared for that kind of thing. Right. Because it's actually not in harmony with your body or exactly. its systems. It's not like an athlete, you know, who mm -hmm. is very much trained. Their heart is prepared, trained. It The heart beats slower when it's at rest. It, it you know, and mm -hmm. then when it's exercising, it's it's prepped you mm -hmm. know and when these you know when people go on these kind of exercise binges I could I guess mm -hmm. I could call them you know it's it's just it really puts you at risk for kind of all of these negative mm -hmm. negative side effects aside from the emotional mm -hmm. toll mm -hmm. you know and this again this all or nothing mentality that just isn't sustainable and it's not correct Mm -hmm. It's not correct. It's not rooted in science. We know that the tiniest bits of moving your body mm -hmm. have a profound impact on your health. In fact, um, I read a study that showed that, or a paper rather, by the CDC and the American College of Sports Medicine that reviewed over 40 studies around exercise that concluded that moving for about 30 minutes total mm -hmm. most days of the week. And those 30 minutes don't have to be at the same time. Mm -hmm. Just 30 minutes total throughout the day mm. cut heart disease risk in half. Wow. What does that mean? That means literally you could be walking for 10 minutes. You could be cooking for seven mm -hmm. minutes. Mm -hmm. You could be, you know, doing some gardening mm -hmm. for 10 I mean, and you're cutting your heart disease risk in half. Well, people who are have this approach of it's all or nothing would never know that and would never think about it that way. Right. They would think about, you know, that they have to do a two hour CrossFit or hit, you mm -hmm. know, regimen in order to get any gains. Mm -hmm. And it's just not rooted in, in any truth. Mm -hmm. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah, it does. I mean, I guess when I look at, and again, I am not poo-pooing exercise because, you know, sports are exercise. People who run, you know, running for some people is therapeutic and it's a huge part of their life. But when 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 we talk about this or when I think about other students as well that I have who, you know, do both, there does seem to be an unconscious um, sense of inadequacy mm -hmm. when it comes to their relationship with exercise or gym or CrossFit or these more. And that is so like almost the opposite of what the underlying um, intention is of something like yoga or more holistic movement, like if it's Qigong, Tai Chi, you know, obviously Pilates was Joseph Pilates was inspired by yoga. So it's just really interesting because I'm I, I'm so clearly on one end of the spectrum at this point in my life. And I do get into new things. It's not like I'm only doing yoga. You know, I literally 
part of the why I moved it to Tel Aviv was because I can ride my bicycle year round and I'm like obsessed with my bike although my bike is crap I love just being able to ride my bike every day everywhere mm-hmm. so but it's very interesting when when we start to look at like the deeper layers of a person's relationship with exercise or movement or working out whatever it is like what is at the root is it because you can be there are people I don't know many but there are people who genuinely get so much joy from working out Mm -hmm. so I guess it's a lot of it to me is like what is the underlying intention or um you know what is like deeply rooted in what type of movement you're doing because if it is from a place of lack or inadequacy or I am overweight and I am not I have to do something about it as opposed to this brings me joy or I want to take care of my body my body is my home Mm -hmm. or you know taking this movement or this class brings me joy it it helps me find connection and community you know I think I believe on some level our body is also absorbing that message I couldn't agree more you know I think um what's so important in this in this conversation and in this message that Mm -hmm. we're trying to get get out here is that we need to move beyond one that we need to divorce movement from from weight Mm -hmm. they need to be divorced Mm -hmm. the longer that they are paired together the more disordered that relationship will be Mm -hmm. because the exercise outcome the outcome you get from the exercise will always be dependent on this external factor Mm -hmm. did I lose weight did I not what's the number on the scale Mm. well who deemed that as the most important thing all these other things that you just mentioned that I feel more clear, that that it brings me joy, that um, that it creates space, mm-hmm. that I, you know, maybe that, that you feel more confident about yourself, that you feel more in touch with your body. Mm-hmm. Why are those less important so true. than weight? So true. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I certainly would argue that they're much more important, mm-hmm. not only not as important, but much more important. But... You know, I think so, you know, we really want to separate, separate these things. Um, and I think that, you know, when when people are really struggling to kind of get over those barriers that we talked about, especially when it's that kind of thing, like, well, I'm just too self-conscious. I just really want to get thinner. Mm. And I, you know, just like I do with my clients and when we're talking about food or when we're talking about you know, movement, it's, I really encourage you, you know, listeners, um, to ask yourself what you're so afraid of mm-hmm. and, and sit with that mm-hmm. and then ask yourself what you really want to feel because the only way that we can change the relationship to exercise is to have a felt sense. Mm-hmm. It's to feel, it's to be focused in feeling, so that's an internal internal practice. exactly right. we want to shift we want to shift it from something external to something internal mm-hmm. 
And like even when I mentioned that, you know, for example, with me, that my focus is strength and functionality and all that, those are those are very internal for me, even okay. though they seem external because they're mm-hmm. they're not focused on how I feel mentally or emotionally, but they affect how I live my life. They affect how I feel in my day to day. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and yes, one could argue, well, my weight does the same thing. But, you know, weight isn't a feeling. Mm-hmm. Fat isn't a feeling, you know, like being functional, mm-hmm. like having strength as opposed to more weakness. You know, th- these things really have can have a re- very, very profound, you know, they're really rooted in feeling. Right. Right. Like. Yeah, I guess Do I feel every, strong today. I guess a lot of what I'm doing too is based off of how does it make me feel? How does me moving in this way make me feel? Or I'm carrying a feeling and then how can I, how that movement can shift the feeling to a different feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm. Love that. Thanks. Love that. It's fluid. So, Mal, do you have any last words for I mean I think we could go on and on and on about this topic but like you know any sort of like well wishes or like things that you want us to sit with myself included as I walk away from the conversation to sort of carry with me or with us yeah I think my well wishes for you all is to start thinking about exercise as fluid movement that it's not only the workouts we do at the gym, but it's all the ways in which, like on a physical level, that exercise is all the ways in which we are moving when we're not sitting or laying down. And I wanted to mention this point, actually. Um, Something that's cool for you all to know is that there's something called NEAT, non-exercise activity thermogenesis, And essentially, it is the energy that's required um, for all of the activities that we do Hmm. that are not when we're not at rest Hmm. or when we're not at rest, basically. So everything from, you know, walking, brushing your teeth, um, doing the dishes. Yeah, totally. Doing the dishes, cooking, cleaning your home, doing laundry. Hmm. These things require energy. They are movement. They go into those minutes that we talked about, those 30 minutes every day of moving Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that cut heart disease in half. You know what I mean? So like when you're thinking about, well, how do I move away from this extreme way of thinking about exercise? Think about stuff like this. Mm -hmm. Think about all of the things that make up the neat in Mm -hmm. your life. Think about... All of the more gentle ways that you get movement, Mm -hmm. you know, that that you've never that you always have said don't count for Mm -hmm. anything. Mm -hmm. They count, Mm -hmm. you know, like you're moving, you're getting you're improving your circulation, you're improving your heart health. We know that you are, you know, you're um, you're improving your sleep patterns. Mm -hmm. You're helping to regulate your hunger hormones. Like you're Mm -hmm. having all these wonderful effects on your health by just moving in these gentle ways. And so I really want you to think in a more integrative approach. 
think about it more holistically. How am I moving? Mm-hmm. And that can really, really, really help you to stop getting on this on and off of this exercise wagon. Mm-hmm. Because Amen. that is just like dieting. And we know how we feel about dieting <laughs> on this podcast, right? Yeah. We are not fans. Namaste. What about you, Bree? Do you have any well wishes for the, the crowd? Oh, I didn't prepare any. But sure, as a yoga teacher, I mean, my well wishes around this topic is always just, um, you know, to perhaps use movement as another form of knowing yourself, because truly our body is our first home. And so the more I can get to know it through movement, through any form of exploration, is there's no downside to it, right? As long as I'm not harming myself, any any way that I can get to know this incredible, miraculous vehicle that is my body is what I'm about. So for me, you know, I got far, far away from this exercise, workout, diet thing. I actually don't think I ever successfully was on that path. <laughs> but for me, it's really about using movement to celebrate your body, to celebrate your capabilities, to use it in a form of healing as a healing modality. And that what I think is so cool about movement is that it can be this incredibly unique blend, your own little cocktail of a little bit of this is a movement for me every week and that and this thing. And then you get it lit up about a different type of movement or a different type of activity. And that's really my wish for people is that just like you, Mal, the the shift is from um, punishment and lacking and inadequacy to exploration and curiosity and just complete celebration of this incredible body that we're able to move. Amen. Amen. So um, I learned so much from you as usual, Mal. You're yeah. one smart cookie and I hope everybody enjoyed. And obviously, as always, we'd love to hear from you how this impacted you, your reflections. Thank you, Mal, for offering up this topic. I think it was beautifully said. And thank you, Brie, for sharing some of your personal experiences and expertise as a yoga teacher. As a human, that's pretty as much all I can human do. and yoga teacher. And we really hope that you all can move onto your movement journey with more compassion, with more gentleness, and self-love. Catch you next time. Bye.